Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of our blog radio. I'm your host for today, Whit Lopez, again. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm super honored to be here today uh, with Gabe Martinez, very, very talented multidisciplinary artist. Big thanks to William Way Community Center for allowing us to use their John J. Wilcox Jr. Library in order to record this episode. So, welcome to the show, Gabe. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No, I'm super excited. This is amazing. Also, what's really amazing is right now in the lobby of the William Way Community Center, Gabe has a show called Tonight is Forever, and it's absolutely phenomenal, and it's beautiful. It takes up the entire wall of the space, of the lobby. All the walls are completely covered by Gabe's work. And it's truly, truly beautiful, magnificent work that has taken Gabe a lot of time. Very, very meticulous, very, very meticulous about that work. Uh, As well as a small show from the archives called LGBTQ Legacies Art Archives and Analysis, uh, which was co-curated by Gabe, as well as John Andrews and Michael. Michael Carroll. Yeah, Michael Carroll. So thank you so much. So of course. Can you tell us what got you into being a multidisciplinary artist? I I received both my BFA and my MFA in photography. And um I mean I'm still a photo-based multidisciplinary artist. Uh but shortly after I graduated from Tyler, so I'm nice, local, nice. yeah, with my MFA. In my goodness, 1991, I started to explore the the, the potential of, of performance and installation. I got very excited um, exploring those mediums. Um, yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. And for those of you that are listening, Tyler is located at Temple University, which is right here in the heart of Philadelphia as well. So, uh, so your work is multidisciplinary. You mentioned photography as well. So the show that's here right now. It's absolutely beautiful, and so you've wallpapered the walls of the lobby with prints mm-hmm. of photos and newspaper clippings, articles, protest signs, so many amazing things that reflect the history of the queer community in Philadelphia. Can you tell me a little bit more about your process for making those Absolutely. things? Absolutely. I, 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 th- I think the research part of the project, which is vital, probably started about a year ago. And that brought me to the John J. Wilcox ar- archives here at uh, the community center. And it, it's not like I photographed absolutely everything because that, that space is so vast with so many rich resources. But I, I specifically looked at information from our histories that dealt in some way with resistance, courage, uh, protests, rallies, demonstrations, Uh, but I also photographed aspects of joy and celebration. So there are a lot of pride festivals and parades and celebrations uh, depicted in the mix too, a little mix of joy and pain, Uh, all in reference and reverence to Stonewall's 50th anniversary. So Mm -hmm. even though the show pays homage and commemorates Stonewall, it's not particularly about Stonewall because actually the information really starts from about the mid-60s. So you see a lot of uh, images from annual reminders Mm -hmm. with Barbara Giddings 
you also see images from the Compton cafeteria riots, also from wow. here, another really important local uh, historical uh, event called the Dewey's Cafeteria Sit-In yes. uh, that happened in April of 1965. So really, it's, it's everything in Anything that, that in some way really illustrates an aspect of LGBTQ plus resistance, defiance, protest, and celebration intermingled uh, historically. So there's not a chronological order, but it's more of a kind of confluence where Mayor Pete meets an image from Annual Reminders or Mayor Lightfoot uh, is intermingled with something from an ACT UP protest. And there's something really kind of fantastic that I didn't expect in that kind of intermingling of information. I really loved it. And and truthfully, when I walked in to look at the show on Friday when it opened, I was looking to see if it was in chronological order. So I was like, well, this is a picture of someone that I know currently who's, who's alive. And here's pictures of folks from the 70s right next to each other. So I was like, okay, so it's not chronological order. But I absolutely love the way you place it. And it definitely, it gives you time to really think about what it is and what things represent. And part of it almost almost feels contemplative where you kind of stand there and you're looking and you're looking your eyes are going over all these things or maybe you're learning something from from what you're looking at too so that was really wonderful yeah i like to describe i like to describe it not as wallpaper but information just mm. there's so much information Definitely. that hopefully absorbs the viewer as they're looking at the show i know it absolutely absorbed me so <laughs> so so you win you win <laughs> Um, something else that I really, really loved about Tonight is Forever is that you reached out to the community too. And you, so that you made it not only your show, which it absolutely is your show, but you also included folks in the community as well. And you asked folks to submit things that were important to them about their own kind of personal Philadelphia queer and trans history. Can you talk a little more about that process? Absolutely. I, from the outset, and I know this might sound weird, but I, I never really thought of it as my show. I always thought of it as our show, you know, and it does really represent global, national and local representation. <coughs> and to amp up the, the local flavor, that's when I thought, well, let's get images from the community. Uh, and they could be all sorts of different types of, of images from um, portraits to rallies uh, to pride events. Um, and those are absolutely intermingled into the historical informational aspect of the show. But it also acts as a little keepsake because what I did was I made a replica 8x10 print where the image of the participants, where, where the images, uh, where the image lands on the on the paper, uh, I made an eight by ten and a, a version, and I framed it. So when the person comes on in to check out the show, they're asked to take their eight by ten framed picture that it has become a little bit abstracted with the historical information uh, intermixed with it, uh, but it's also left on the wall with the little gold hook uh, to, as a reminder to uh, future viewers that this was uh, an extraction of a local resident, uh, a local resident's uh, participatory uh, image. 
I love that. I really, <laughs> I really, really love that concept of putting people directly into the show, but then also giving them the opportunity to take that away with them as almost a souvenir of their participation, but also their existence within the community Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So I, I love that. I definitely noticed the framed portions on the wall, and I was wondering how that played into the exhibition. So thank you for explaining. Absolutely. Another little tiny thing is when you look at the at the walls from far away, you don't even notice the 8 by 10 frames because it just it just matches the background. Exactly. Uh, and the profile of the frame is very thin, so it's very discreet. But it does add this kind of interesting dimensionality to the exhibition. It does, and I love it. It's it's so many things. It's so many things. I really love it so much. So something else that's on the walls out there, aside from the, the paper, and aside from the framed portions of the paper, which, uh, which like you said, are part of things that people submitted, is also, um, there are also canvases that are denim, and onto these canvases are, it looks like protest signs. Um, there's one that says, stop persecuting homosexual citizens. There's another one that says Black, Gay, and Proud. There's one that I recognize as being a t-shirt logo from Gale, which is a local LGBT Latinx organization that says a soy queer Latinx, right? On, yep. the, on the shirt. Um, but it's also a sign out there on the wall. Uh, and one that says Silencio equals muerte. Silencio equals muerte, absolutely. Um, which is silence equals death um, in English. So can you explain like your your choices for making those signs or the even the signs that you chose to put out there? Absolutely. Um and why you chose denim as the uh the backdrop for those signs. Well, one I just want to back up and say mention that about 5000 images specifically documented in the archives that what that's what composes the imagery for the the image for the for the paper that surrounds you um but also I was looking at buttons and amazing t-shirts they have an amazing buttons and t-shirt collection at the archives up, upstairs and um, even protest signs. I documented a lot of protest signs from the Radical Ferry or Grassroots. Um, and so what I did was, um, and again, some of these are local organizations, some of these are national organizations, some of these are international organizations. So what I did was I wanted to give the show just a tiny bit of a kind of flavor of the moment of Stonewall. And for some reason I equate the 1969, you know, not just Stonewall, but Woodstock with like torn, battered jeans. Mm. But I also love the metaphor of the denim material, which I really sort of sanded deeply. I love the kind of feeling of ripped jeans and that metaphor of like strife and um, tension and protests. And so something about the material uh, this sort of battered uh, blue jeans has something about protests inherently in them. Um, but they're also very sensual, uh, too. So what I did was I... This was a kind of painstaking little aspect of the show. <laughs> These are hand old school, like, carbon transfer from wow. a large print I made of the button or the T-shirt. Wow. And then that was transferred onto linoleum. And then hand-carved linoleum, not to... Because usually the linoleum, then once you carve the linoleum, then you ink it and then make yeah. a positive proof. But what I did was I actually covered up the information with uh, de with denim material. 
uh, stapled that to a, a backing board, and then what I did was I sanded it. And so oh. it's like being at a memorial or at a tombstone of a loved one, and you take a piece of paper and graphite and reveal the text of the tombstone. There's something wow. about revealing the information of the button or the t-shirt by sanding, wow. by wearing away to reveal something. So by not necessarily destroying, but by weathering something, you reveal its potential. Wow. That is brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. Because honestly, when I saw the uh, the denim material and I saw the uh, the text that was on it, I thought that the text was maybe bleached onto it or because like all of the text is much lighter than the denim material. So knowing that you actually sanded it to make it lighter, to kind of put that wear on it, as you described, is that's really amazing. Thank that's you. Thank brilliant. you. And I, I love I, it. I, I love, I mean, 98% of the process is super laborious and the magical part where, where I reveal the text underneath is the, the fun part, the sanding of, of the imagery. There's also a little sort of insider's uh, aspect to the, the, the method and materials of that process. A dear friend whose heyday was during the 70s in New York City, uh, cruising in Chelsea and leather bars, uh, told me a little something which I kind of already sort of re realized through the village people, but um, <laughs> mostly guys uh, in leather circles would sand the crotches of their jeans in order to make their quote-unquote packages more pronounced. And I thought, oh my God, we're such creative peoples, and i got to use that for a project at some point. And so... I used it for, for something. That is amazing. So it has a 70s quality to it as well. Yeah. That is that is wonderful. And I just learned something new. Watch out, Denim. Here I come. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love how you were able to take that bit of knowledge and turn it into something else for the purpose of this show. Like that's that's brilliant. This is really, I love, I love this show so much, and I love how you brought everything together in that way. Oh, another little thing about the denim pieces is there, cert there are two little aspects of the show, the exhibition of the installation, that does have a little bit of a kind of historical chronological order. And if you notice, a lot of the denim pieces do follow a kind of chronological order. Yes. So like Gay Liberation Front, ERA buttons, those are the first ones you see. And then toward the end of the show, uh, you see uh, posters like Love Wins, yes. hashtag Love Wins, yes. say for example. Yeah. No, that's amazing. There's also a quote around the bottom of the show. I cannot remember it off the top of my head, so I apologize. But can you talk about your selection or your, your choice of Absolutely. how you came across that So quote? So there are two things in a sense that kind of wrap around this immersive installation. One is the spectrum. So there's this kind of color scheme to the show. When you first walk in, you have these vi really vibrant kind of like yellow meets green, blue meets purple. And that to me references in some way the 60s and psychedelia. Mm. And then on the right wall, it's got this kind of warmish, rusty color, which I equate to the 1970s. And there's a particular moment in the show where that rust color meets a more kind of, I don't know, violent, visceral red and black. Mm. And that to me signified 1981 particularly. And there's a whole segment that uh, I attribute or I 
associate with the 1980s and 90s, with the AIDS pandemic, with uh, ACT UP, etc. And then the largest portion of the wall for me represents the new colors added to our beautiful rainbow mm. um, that represent uh, the non-binary non uh, community, non-conforming community, transgender community. And uh, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's my way of thinking that we're in a potentially very optimistic moment in our, in our histories. So the spectrum is a very important aspect of the show, but so is Sylvia Rivera's quote. So there's a Sylvia Rivera quote that wraps around the entire lobby, and it's at the base of the installation. And the quote reads, uh, it's, a, it's a really beautiful quote, and I think it unifies the entire show in a really important way. It says, I was a revolutionary. I was at the Stonewall riots. I was glad I was in the Stonewall riots. I remember when somebody threw a Molotov cocktail, I thought, God, the revolution is here. The revolution is finally here. So it gave the mm -hmm. whole show this kind oh. of activist, uh, resistant kind of quality. Yes. I thought was really important because ultimately for me, this show is as much about yesterday and today as it is about tomorrow. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you were able to bring Sylvia Rivera into it. And I also did see images of Marsha P. Johnson on the wall as well. And I think that that's super important because the two of them are, they're staples to the history of LGBT revolution in Absolutely. the United States. So seeing the pictures of them and also knowing that you have that quote that unifies the entire show is amazing. So, Another little thing you. about, absolutely, that, that was very important to me because um, early on I think that both Marth, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera were under-recognized, but they were vital, absolutely. vital to the revolution. Yes. Um, but the other little aspect of that stencil is I photograph stencils from Philadelphia ACT UP. Mm. And I used those stencils to create my own stencil that was then spray painted. So it's actually spray painted onto stencil. So there's something about the thing that created it becomes itself intertwined wow. together. So, I love that. Yeah. Oh, this is so great. This, uh, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because knowing just what is behind the images and knowing all that went into putting this together is amazing. It's really, really amazing. So something that you mentioned to me on Friday when we spoke um, in the lobby, you said that you put together a playlist for the oh. show as well. And I was sad that I missed it. I didn't get a chance to hear the music once it came on. Can you talk a little bit about the music that you chose? Absolutely. I um, Well, it could have been a little bit louder, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but I put a lot of time and love into this playlist. And it's got Bronski Beat you know, a uh, small town boy. It's got Patti Smith, who was just here in Philly live. I've got little Indigo Girls. I've got some old school ballroom. So, um, and I've got a little RuPaul and I've got Cheryl Lynn, gotta be real, Sir Sylvester. Uh, amazing. And uh, my favorites, uh, my personal favorite band ever is Pet Shop Boys. And actually, the the title of the show comes from a Pet Shop Boys song called Tonight is Forever. Ah. And I'll just read you a little quote from that song. Please do. We're out again another night. We'll never have enough. It'll be like this forever when we fall in love. 
And so this is a Pet Shop Boy song from the 80s that was redone by Liza Minnelli. And I, the reason I came up with that title is because it has a romantic quality to it. And I thought, oh, this show is like a love song. And really, the lover is the movement. I like that. Like falling in love like with that. the passion to like fight for our rights. Absolutely, yes. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so good. I really love that you, how much work you put into even choosing the playlist behind the show too. So thank you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. So moving away from Tonight is Forever um, is the other exhibition that's also up you know, in conjunction with Tonight is Forever is LGBTQ Legacies Art Archives Analysis. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you went about planning that show? Well, I gotta, I've got to go back in time a little bit. Please do. Because mm, the prints, uh, my prints, uh, that I created uh, a little while ago, around 2014, those come from my very first visits to the archives. Mm. Uh, I always wanted to explore and see what the potential was in the archives, and I was overwhelmed. So around 2013, I, uh, I was invited by Bob Skiva, the former director of the archives, to come, come by and, and freely visit. And I stumbled upon three boxes of Harry Eberlin's photographs, and I thought, oh my God, these are really beautiful, and they showcase the liveliness, the necessity for for neighborhood during the 1970s, uh, especially so. Uh, Eberlin photographed uh, queer communities throughout the Philadelphia area, particularly during the 1970s and early 80s. He was the first photographer for the Philadelphia Gay News newspaper. Uh, and so a really important historical figure locally, but also the images speak for themselves. They're really absolutely beautiful. So what uh, we did, this show is curated by Michael Carroll and John Andrews. John Andrews is the current amazing uh, director of the archives. Um, we were working on the show for a little while, and we thought it'd be interesting to kind of um, show my images alongside that which inspired my images, which were Harry Eberlin's precious, small, beautiful silver gelatin prints. That's wonderful. There was a, there were a few images in there that I really loved because you see an archivist's hand up close with the white cotton glove on, but then in the middle of the palm of their hand is an image of Eberlin's. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's an Eberlin image adhered to the middle of this photo that you've taken exactly. of someone's hand going through the archives. I I love that connection between those things. Can you talk about like what led you to kind of creating that? Yeah, I thought, wow, I want to pay homage to these beautiful photographs to this artist's uh, body of work, and I thought, well, the cotton gloved hand, uh, my hand almost acts as a kind of pillow. There's something kind of comforting about this uh, cotton hand holding uh, preciously this little tiny photograph within the context of the archives. And so a funny story is I wanted to kind of subtly hand tint this photograph. And when I started to hand tint the photograph, 
with oils, I started to accidentally rub off the image. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't like that. I didn't like that <laughs> reference or metaphor at all. So what I did was I came up with a way of hand tinting a piece of acid-free acetate. And then I laid that piece of acetate over the depiction of Harry Eberlin's photograph in my mm. hand and then taped it with acid-free tape. So it has this kind of weird illusion as if a photograph has been placed with on top of the photograph, but it's actually a little bit kind of illusionistic because it's actually just a piece of plastic that preserves, uh, archives uh, the photograph, the original photograph. So there are a lot of allusions to mending, preservation, and the importance of preservation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. That's, <laughs> that's so good. Uh, together, both of those shows are really, really powerful, both of them, and I love how they are not only like in the moment, but they're also, they dig very deep into the crates of the archive here. Absolutely. They dig very deep into the LGBTQ plus history, like you said, not only of Philadelphia, but also of the United States. So it's, it's really beautiful. It's beautiful work physically, you know, it's beautiful work visually, but it's also really beautiful, the amount of labor that you put into it. Um, it really, to me, it shows how much you care about the community. And I love that. I really, really love that. Labor of love. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, if folks are able to get out and see the shows, they started on May 10th. And they will be up until August 30th of 2019. So they'll be up until August 30th. Well, actually, yes, the Legacies show will be up until August 30th. Ah, okay. But interestingly, the Tonight is Forever exhibition, the last day of the exhibition is June 28th. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> which is actually the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising. Amazing. So the show comes down the day of the 50th anniversary. So really the metaphor that the struggle continues absolutely every day is, is part of the date of the closing. So it's all about actually tomorrow. That is wonderful. That is what, thank you. That is really, really amazing. I love it. So yeah, thank you for the correction again. Okay. So let me correct myself. <laughs> so the archive show will be up until August 30th. And... Gabe's show, which is in the lobby, will be up until June 28th. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for that. That's also, I just really want a little amazing. shout out to the yeah, folks here do. at please the do. William Way. They've been so incredible, warm and supportive, from Chris Bartlett to Candace Thompson to Selena Morrison, who's the director of the exhibitions committee, the arts committee, Absolutely. does a great show, a great job. And um, they always do really lively programming. I remember a couple shows recently that were stellar. Absolutely. So thank you so, so, so much, Gabe, for taking this time to sit with me to talk about the amazing work that you put in behind these two beautiful shows. Um, I really, I'm blown away. I'm completely blown away. You did a fantastic job. Um, before, before we go, do you have any advice to any young artists out there who, who want to be as brilliant as you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know that it's not about a particular medium anymore, that you can express yourself any which way you want. Don't second guess yourself. 
uh, I think take a little time brainstorming, thinking about what you're about to pursue, and then you can let go a little bit once you've kind of researched your topics a little bit and act impulsively and to trust yourself. And your methods and materials can be can range from video to works on paper to photography to performance, and it's all good right now. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So thank you again, Gabe. Thank you for the show. And thank you for coming to be on this episode of Art Blog Radio. Thanks again to William Way LGBT Community Center for allowing us to use the library here. And that's it, folks. We're out for the day. Bye, y'all.